This is The Efficiency Point, a podcast from Modern Pumping Today magazine. I'm MPT editor Jay Campbell. You can find us online at mptmag.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on any of your favorite podcast apps. On today's show, Anusha Eskuyan, President and Chief Executive Officer of California-based Ship and Shore Environmental, joins us to discuss the challenges and successes of meeting industrial pollutant regulations. So let's jump right in. Anusha Eskuyan is President and Chief Executive Officer of Ship and Shore Environmental, Inc., Southern California-based company that makes pollution-reducing equipment for industrial companies. She joins us today to discuss how her company works to provide reliable, innovative, and efficient technologies that help clients collect, reduce, and even eliminate air pollution emissions. Welcome, Anusha. Um, Thank you very much. It is an honor and a pleasure to be able to spend some time with you and share some of our knowledge and expertise with your listeners. Well, we're happy to have you. And, um, you know, I guess when when people think about the cost of doing business for U.S. manufacturing, um, in addition to those everyday costs of doing business uh, across a lot of fields, there are pollution abatement goals, regulatory uh, environmental standards that they have to meet. How has your company, Ship and Shore Environmental, helped those companies achieve those goals? Um. One of the um, uh, one of the ways we try to address the pollution control um, for majority of the industries is try to find ways to bring back an ROI on the investment. Just because um, there are a lot of rules and regulations that are going on um, naturally all across U.S., which is one of the um, countries that looks into this very seriously. And by way of um, collecting and capturing any potential emission that may be coming off of a facility and um, taking it through our system, we try to see if we can bring back any sources of heat that they're able to use um, or any means of steam that they may be able to use. Um, so we can try to find ways for it to have some sort of a payback. But more than that, we try to focus on um, coming up with a solution that is not so exuberant to the uh, running cost of any operation um, because this system basically handles all the pollution and not necessarily adds anything to the production. <laughs> and that, that makes a lot of sense because you are trying to find that balance between meeting the environmental standards but still facilitating the operation of business. Um, over these past two years, as companies are trying to navigate their way out of the pandemic. What are some of the effects you've seen in addressing polluting elements that most people may not be aware of? Well, one of the goals that we um, had um, as soon as the pandemic came about and we had um, the unfortunate um, environment in which a lot of companies had to shut down Um, A lot of the companies, on the other hand, had to go into an overdrive mode to be able to deliver, like a lot of the chemical companies, as a result of having to produce a lot of the solvents that were being used for the medical industry. And um, a lot of the plastic companies had to um, produce a lot more than they normally would and went to the PPPs in order to be able to 
generate more products that were being used. Um, therefore, as a result, um, we saw a slowdown on one side and an extreme expansion on another side. So the pandemic, um, if we could ever see a silver lining uh, into a situation as such, um, helped a lot of companies to grow their businesses and expand tremendously in order to be able to respond to the demand that was in the um, in the in various sectors. Um, as a result, we had to make sure that we were constantly um, following the rules and regulations, but had to keep our manufacturing operations open because there were a lot of work to be done, and we cannot manufacture unless we were to do it in person. So we went through the challenges, but um, as a whole, I think a lot of the companies that survived this time and this uh, cycle are now stronger than ever and are producing much more than they ever did before. Um, and another segue into this was we were able to, looking to um, reutilize um, the use of um, activated oxygen or ozone, as many people know, um, by eventually having uh, to take that and start using it as one of the ways we can clean the air and some of the surfaces that it came into contact with. Um, so that gave birth to a new product that we came up with that really was helpful and helped us keep our offices open and a number of other installations that went into uh, various manufacturers by, by, utilizing and, by utilizing ozone. And, and speaking of new products, I mean, SNSE introduced one of its solutions, the Controls Upgrade Program, two years ago, right as the shutdowns around the pandemic really took hold. Uh, how, how did you overcome that obstacle and also ensure that clients could make the most of this solution? Well, one of the one of the ways that we thought it would be extremely important to um, be able to address the existing equipment that we had in a number of places and some of the older um, equipment that we had that did not have the latest and the greatest um, controls um, modules on them to be upgraded. So we are able to remotely access their control panel. We're able to remotely see the function of the system and be able to walk people through anything and everything that may be coming their way. That uh, was a good segue into not necessarily having our people travel to locations, nor that some of these manufacturing facilities were able to even have visitors or even technical help going to their sites. So as a result, um, doing the upgrades and uh, keeping the pandemic in mind and human contact in mind, that really gave a lot of um, opportunities for us to be able to go back to extremely older um, operational equipment and be able to address um, all their needs remotely by um, literally just being able to see their control panels and walking them through whatever the needs may have been at the time. So you really adapted to the remote uh, connection uh, platform that I guess a lot of us have become more and more useful or more accustomed to as the pandemic went on. 
too. Yes, and uh, even though it's hard to believe that you are able to naturally when you've got um, mechanical mechanical equipment running and you're trying to um, uh, run a plant, um, at times it may become very difficult to do that remotely. You truly need hands that go into the equipment to do the work. So by having this available, we were able to guide the operators at various plants to do what they needed to. And um, uh, at times we even sent them the programs and the parts and had them install it and we walked them through it. So we literally just like everyone else in the country or globally, we had to think outside the box. How do we get help to places where they needed the most and make sure that some of these operations were running um, successfully? Um, because at the end of the day, um, uh, the pollution control equipment that is installed in a lot of facilities, it has to stay on and be operating in order for the operations to go on. Um, it is mandated by, you know, federal law, EPA, as well as various agencies around the country. You just can't run your operation um, unless your equipment is also running along with it. And one of those equipment offerings that your company provides is uh, thermal oxidizers. And, and you've expanded your offering of thermal oxidizers over the last two years. Would you mind laying out for our listeners the benefits that these provide your clients and why they're so sought after? Uh, well, uh, the, the word thermal oxidizer is basically a platform of a design where you're able to take all the pollution that is coming off of different facilities for, di for, for different processes and take it through an equipment where it oxidizes through the process of combustion and gets rid of all the pollutant and you basically have clean air coming out of the stack. Um, and there are different types of oxidizers depending on the industry and depending on the um, application where we design um, their catalytic oxidizers, their recuperative thermal oxidizers, and what we did a lot more, which is called the regenerative thermal oxidizer, or referred to as RTO, which is extremely efficient, and it does not require a lot of um, natural gas to be running the system, and it uses the pollution coming off of the facilities as a source of fuel. Therefore, the use of this type of equipment became uh, widely um, exercised across some of the facilities that may have not had to do it in the past. Uh, we went into a lot of biofuel projects that um, became uh, one of the areas that um, people are looking into expanding. Um, so a lot of alternative sources, a lot of um, a few other examples, a lot of food manufacturing facilities because um, food industry really expanded a lot more. You know, these are all um, food that are prepared and are packaged. And naturally, you can imagine restaurants were not open, so people were consuming a lot more food. As a result, um, we um, had an opportunity to install this type of equipment. Food manufacturers, pet food manufacturers, um, 
packaging facilities, pharmaceutical facilities. So they all became potential um, market that we um, had encounters with and um, expanded into various industries, a lot more than some of the ones that we were doing work with before. So it really did touch across almost every industry out there. Um, truly, it's um, it, it really does because um, naturally, as I mentioned, the food industry just did so much more. And as a result, they had to produce more and package more. So the um, plastics industry that was producing the packages for the food, which you find in any um, grocery store of any kind, uh, frozen or even pouch pouches of you know tea, coffee, um, just imagine. So consumption went up, uh, production went up. Uh, as a result, when you produce a lot more, you just need to make sure that you keep um, your pollutants and your uh, potential emission that goes out of the stack of equipment um, to a lower level. And that's when um, a lot of new industries uh, expanded and we had an opportunity to do a lot more work for them. And. Speaking of expansion, over the past few decades, we've seen pollution abatement shift from an emergent technology to becoming an advancing technology. Uh, how is SNSE's focus on continuous research and learning, and specifically one of the things I saw that was at a, uh, a high point for, for your company, it's engineering mentorship program. How does that help you stay ahead of the curve in this industry? Uh, well, uh, one of the things that we have always been committed to is um, to continuously improve our own design, to continuous to continuously uh, work on ways to um, have the systems become much more efficient, much more automated, and um, literally be installed in any facility and do what it's required. Um, so they can continue with their own operation. We have always had a mentorship program going because I strongly believe the more uh, we can have our young generation look into STEM programs and become engineers for the future, the better the country would be. Um, so as a result, we did have a number of students that came in for summer programs um, and helped develop further the thought, the thoughts that were in the R&D team and um, be able to do some actual applications um, that we were experimenting with. Um, and it gave them a sense of um, accomplishment, taking the design to the next level and um, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to say and surprised that a lot of the students made um, amazing progress as they were working with our VP of engineering, who's constantly thinking outside the box. So we constantly try to stay on top of the R&D. Um, and as a result, one of the um, equipment that was produced, which I mentioned a little bit earlier with respect to ozone, was a product called Corozone, which one of the students from one of the high schools here worked very closely with um, our VP of engineering and made the prototype and um, they refined it to a point of 
um, getting a patent on it and seeing what other applications that it can come into. Um, so again, well, just wonderful. like yes, just like anything else, we we truly try to work with various universities. Since we are in Southern California, we do have. Uh, offices everywhere, but we are in Southern California, so we try to work with various universities um, as well as um, some high schools to um, constantly keep that uh, spark of becoming engineers and innovators uh, alive. You know, we've talked a lot today about the challenges that you've had to overcome in the past years, I guess, like a lot of people have, uh, but we've also touched on some positive things too. Uh, where do you see the opportunities for the future, not just for your company in particular, but also for the industry as a whole? Um, I One of the things I have always um, brought up and talked about is the fact that we truly need to take a look at uh, the pollution problem, the climate change, and all the impacts that we're seeing from all that we have done um, globally. Um, we cannot... Uh, we cannot draw boundaries, um, geographic boundaries in the air. Whatever happens in one spot of the world will eventually have to see it, address it, feel it, or see what it does to, to, to the planet. So uh, we have, as a result, um, expanded to China and trying to do as much as we can for China in China because again, that pollution would travel across. Uh, we now have offices in India where the team, that's another major source of um, a lot of pollution. Um, and Southeast Asia, uh, we do work in Canada and uh, we're trying to uh, address the pollution um, situation at hand and hoping that if industries really address this, then uh, we have had, we have at least addressed half of the battle and the natural causes, um, hopefully, uh, or the natural, the disasters that we've had will come to a halt uh, and not um, much more advanced. And um, the last thing I'd like to share, if I may, um, as much as we are so, um, uh, disheartened by the political situation that we have right now with loss of lives with uh, people being misplaced and um, the extreme situation that we have at Ukraine but one of the things that I always think about is I'm so unfortunate that all the burning and all the explosion and everything else that is going on in that area and that region will eventually impact everyone that lives in that whole whole region. Um, as little as it may be to be addressed now with respect to much bigger and more important issues, but that's something that we will eventually face and we will have to address it globally because it will definitely um, travel across um, the atmosphere somehow and it will eventually reach a lot of the other countries around. So if nothing else, for the sake of the health of people around in the area, they should just stop the fighting. As, uh, as, as has been said before, it's a round world the last time I checked. That is very true and I really um uh, love the idea that do keep that in mind rather than thinking that earth is flat 
So <laughs> even though some actually behave as if it is, but it is round and we'll, we'll, we just need to make sure we take care of it. Anusha Eskuyan, thank you so much for taking time to speak with us today. Uh, if anyone listening would like to learn more about Ship and Shore Environmental, uh, where should they go? Um, we would love for them to contact us directly. Um, our website is www.shipandshore, all spelled out, dot com. Um, we do have a live chat, so if people call us from other parts of the world where the office is not open, we're happy to um, address their questions and needs and desires. Um, we do have a complete engineering team in-house, and our goal at the end of the day is truly to address everything that people have to um, comply with, uh, with a solution that is custom designed for them, and doing the right thing does not mean that you'll go bankrupt just installing this type of equipment. That has been a myth that many people believe for many years. Um, so if they go to our website, we're more than happy to address anything they may have. Or, um, and they can find our telephone number um, on that site as well. And um, best way to get in touch with us. Sounds great. Thank you again for taking the time. And thank you so much for the opportunity. In the latest issue of MPT, we go beyond our usual domain of processing plants and municipal facilities. James Facer of Norwich America shares a case study on how tankless water heaters ensure unfailing hot water for a Hawaiian prison. Next, in this month's maintenance and reliability section, Mark Metrics's Mark Ballone shows how his company offers efficiency and accuracy during liquid natural gas processing custody transfer. Also, in our motor solutions section, Ken Kelly of Force Control introduces readers to oil shear technology, providing a longer service life with no maintenance. All this and more in the latest MPT. This has been The Efficiency Point, a podcast from MPT Magazine. Follow us on Twitter at ModPumpMag for updates on our next episode. Until then, take care and thanks for listening.